2: Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Tuesday edition of Lockdown Rams. We got a great show for you guys today. We are continuing this momentum off of our Victory Monday. And for me, this is a double dip. Second podcast of the day. We sit here recording on Monday night after watching Monday Night Football down in Mexico. I'm going to be honest. Had some. I was in some real feels during this game, thinking back to last year, uh, being down in Mexico City and experiencing uh, that country and that city and seeing all the excitement that was around the game and the disappointment of not having that game. Obviously, that game meant a lot uh, to the people up here in California as they dealt with wildfires, and I believe that was around the shooting last year. Uh, So I don't want to take anything away from that game, but it did bring back some feels looking and and seeing what an NFL game would be like down there. And again, the field uh, was a big question mark. Even before the game, they were looking at the sod and everything like that, trying to figure out if it was safe to play. Uh, They played on it, and the Chargers lost Phillip Rivers through four interceptions. I believe that is seven interceptions over the last two games for him. Starts to make you feel a little bit better about Jared Goff, doesn't it? Uh, thinking about those two quarterbacks, and we'll get into an episode here, but I'm just a little rant right off the top, those two quarterbacks here in L.A., uh, both those definitely have taken a step back this year, and it kind of opens your eye to the NFL and how this is a revolving and changing beast and just trying to ride the tide and looking at the Rams right now, 6-4, and two games above 500, and still in this NFC playoff picture. I know I mentioned it yesterday, but I think ESPN has it tagged at like 19% for the Rams as far as the chance or probability they will make the playoffs. Those are numbers. Those are stats. You know I love stats here, but look at the way that Minnesota played the other day, looking at their schedule, seeing Dallas and their schedule remaining, even looking at Seattle. No, know we got to match up against them. I know we can look back at that Steelers game and the first Seattle game and kind of kick ourselves a little bit, but I still think we're in position here. If our online can continue to play like What we've seen uh, will do just fine. So uh, we're going to get into that. We're going to talk more about this O-line because it is curious. Was this a one-time wonder under the lights? Can they do it again? Can those rookies come out, play well? Is this unit growing? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Robert Woods. What is going on? When will we see him? We're also going to have an injury update. We're going to cover all that in this episode. Plus, we're going to hear from Sean McVay and his press conference. A couple things that I love that he said today. Uh, and a couple things that we may want to question. So with that, I'm already off and running, so let's just kick right into this. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams, and this is your lead story. Victory Monday was a bunch of fun, but just like every week in the NFL, you have to flip the calendar and look at who is next. And when you flip the calendar for the Rams, it is the Baltimore Ravens coming into town 8-2. They're bringing in Lamar Jackson potentially the leading MVP candidate, him and Russell Wilson are probably going to battle this thing out all the way to the end. And there's a bunch of challenges. Sean McVay talked about it today in his press conference, but he's not just a throwing quarterback. You can't just figure out this guy one way. He can beat you multiple ways. He complimented the offensive coordinator for the way that he is utilizing Lamar Jackson and all of his skill sets. And he even talked about How are they going to replicate that in practice? It's something we want to keep an eye on throughout the week because when you have a scout team go against your defense and you're trying to get looks as Lamar Jackson is going to give you on Monday night, it's really tough to emulate that type of player. Uh, He did mention they have a couple athletes on the field that can run and also throw the ball. So uh, maybe you're thinking one of our wide receivers, I'd have to go back and see Uh, who maybe has a quarterback background to really get a better idea. And maybe we'll hear throughout the week, and maybe that's a great question uh, for Serena Morales on Friday is just trying to figure out who is going to be the scout team quarterback this week and emulate what Lamar Jackson can do. But again, in a very Sean McVay way, we really have to just focus on what we can do in that football game. And right now we know we are playing lights out defense. Actually, Eric Weddle said an amazing quote I read today. He said, quote, We know our identity. We are a defensive-minded club, and we have got to shut teams down to win. Our offense can control the ball and score when it has to, but we've got to hold teams down. That is how we're going to win. So it's no surprise to even the Rams themselves. They understand how they have transformed from last year to this year. We're talking about that Mexico game, uh, whereas we saw the Chargers and Chiefs on Monday night and flashing back to a year ago in the Coliseum when that game was moved back to the Coliseum and seeing over 100-and-something points going up on the board, and Jared Goff throwing a bunch of touchdowns, the defense contributing with touchdowns. That's just not who our team is anymore. It is going to be a defensive battle. The team knows it. Jared Goff understands what they have in front of them, especially if you look last Sunday, and he's got one wide receiver in Cooper Cup, a bunch of guys filling in, two rookies on the O-line, a brand-new guy, a guy at center that was getting his first start of the year there as well. You don't have that high flying offense anymore. So you gotta find different ways to win. The Rams are understanding that. And it sounds like finally Sean McVay's understanding that. We ran the football 34 times against the Bears. And when he was asked about Todd Gurley and how he felt today and if that's a plan moving forward that he thinks is gonna happen, here's what he had to say.
3: Yeah, I think if he's feeling good, Gary, I mean that that's what you want. You know, and obviously that was the most work that he got this season. Uh, I think the thing that we had discussed that, that, you know, you guys, we talked about it last week, you know, don't miss the opportunity if he's feeling good and getting into the flow uh, like he was in Pittsburgh. And I think, you know, more than anything, he can really draw on that, feel good. And and so, yes, if if that's something that he continues to feel good with, his body responds the right way, which every inclination that I have is he's feeling good. Um, That is something that, you know, you'd like to see because when the ball's in Todd's hands, good things happen. And I love as much as anything the way he responded after what happened on the first touch.
2: There was Sean McVay talking about Todd Gurley and potentially the plan moving forward. Talking about not messing with his flow. If he's getting into the game plan early and he looks to be kind of getting going, then keep going to him. It sounds like everyone is on the same page as far as his health and where he stands physically at this point. So we hope, and the sound of it, of what Sean McVay is telling us, is that this should continue moving forward. That Todd Gurley should be more of an integral plan when attacking a team's defense from week to week. Now, who's to say we don't go down 14, 17, 20 points to Baltimore at some point, and all of a sudden that's out the window again, and Sean McVay gets the excuse to kind of, I've got to throw the ball, which we understand, right? You're down that many points. So uh, our defense, again, going back to that, how these two sides are going to have to work together. Our defense is going to have to keep us in the position where we can be allowed to run the football because Jared Goff right now, we talk about all the time about how great he is in the play action. Right now, he actually ranks statistically last in the NFL as far as play action right now. But that's because no one is expecting us to run the ball. They don't believe we are going to run the ball. And if we can get back to the old offense, the old Rams of last year that we are just talking about that we feel so far away from right now, it starts by pounding the rock and letting Todd Gurley get those 20 to 25 carries I tweeted out earlier but the Rams are 18 and 1 since 2017 when Todd Gurley gets 20 or more touches so I mean come on Sean McVay let's play the numbers here let's just roll the dice and give the man 20 carries and see what's up so coming up next we are going to talk more about obviously this offense the offensive line the defense how important they're going to be how are we going to stop Lamar Jackson injury updates as well as scratching her head and trying to figure out what's going on with Robert Woods. Lockdown Rams Tuesday, right after this. Last year, I talked to you about my man, Dave Robles. He's out here in the real estate game, killing it. He works with a group called Think Real Estate. They're part of Keller Williams, and he is hands down the best in the game out here in Los Angeles. If you are looking to buy or sell a home, you have to contact Dave immediately. He has been a top producing realtor in L.A. for over 20 years. He knows Los Angeles in and out. He is a L.A. native. He's a Rams fan. I've had multiple conversations with him. He is a super awesome guy. All you got to do, go check out his website, DaveRobles.com. That's D-A-V-E-R-O-B-L-E-S.com. Or just give him a call, 213-712-4343. Tell him Bear Motter and mention you heard him on Lockdown Rams. And this is where it gets interesting, folks. He is willing to give you season tickets in the new stadium, 2020, for the Rams season tickets. If you buy or sell a home with them, listen, I'm thinking right now, I'm in an apartment. I'm thinking, how do I get out of here and buy a damn home right now? Because 2020 season tickets, season tickets to the brand new stadium. Dave Robus is going to get you a seat. All you got to do buy or sell a home, hit them up. Even if you're just thinking, if you're throwing this idea around, or even now you heard you can get season tickets and you're telling your wife, we got to move now. Call them. or go to DaveRobles.com. That is D-A-V-E-R-O-B-L-E-S.com.
1: The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a post-mortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVer jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day.
2: Lockdown Rams Tuesday edition. I'm your host, Bear Motter. Don't forget to go give the show and myself a follow. LA underscore rambling Bear on Twitter. Lockdown Rams on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook group. Appreciate all you guys uh, across all social media platforms for for interacting, shooting me messages, and uh, just keeping that conversation going. We always enjoy uh, talking with you guys, so appreciate all of that. Also, don't forget to go find the show. Subscribe. Share it with a friend. Leave a five-star review. How are you feeling today? Let me know. Give us a five star. You can do that uh, and find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Himalaya. And if you can't find us, shoot me a message. I will get you a link to listen to the show. We'll start out this second segment talking about some injury updates and what's going on with the team. Obviously, we know our offensive line. Has taken every hit possible, and I think really the biggest reward, the biggest injury update, is that we came out of Sunday night's game relatively clean. Nobody on the offensive line is hurt. These guys will get to practice two straight weeks together and potentially start. Uh, Rob Havenstein, there was questions about him and his return because initially Sean McVay said, hey, he's a, may miss a game, potentially two And then we saw Bobby Evans come in, and everyone's ready to give that man a Hall of Fame jacket. And now we're not ready to really see Rob Havenstein come back. He's paying him a lot of money. Hasn't played well at all this year. Talk about a drop off. That right side of the line has been miserable, whether it's penalties, allowing pressure, no push in the run game. And a lot of those things changed on Sunday night, so... Uh, Sean McVay did say that they still think Rob Havenstein is probably not going to go. They're going to list him as doubtful this week. And as it gets closer, uh, they may kind of have some leeway there to activate him. And maybe he is a backup in that game, if anything. But it sounds like they're going to run with the hot hand, which is Bobby Evans. And really, this is interesting because if he gets two weeks in a row where he comes and performs and Rob comes back and is healthy, I don't know that Rob is... Got that much credit on this O-line to be able to just go, well, you're paying me this much. I deserve that spot back. We all saw that last year uh, when Brown was suspended for two games, and when he came back, Austin Blythe had played out of his mind, and basically we said, nah, this guy's playing really good, and we don't really need you anymore. I'm not saying we're going to drop Rob Havenstein, but uh, he might have lost his starting spot. And moving forward, if you're looking at this roster over the next couple years, May not be here. He may be one of those expendable guys, and I may just be kind of talking a little crazy right now, but the way that he's played uh, doesn't make that thought process or that decision seem so crazy, I guess. So that's the update on Rob and the offensive line. It looks to be those same five guys running out there again uh, this week versus the Ravens. And then turning to good news, getting people back, which is amazing. Sounds like Brandon Cooks is a go. Uh, he took a few weeks off. Obviously, he saw the specialist. They said... Really nothing as far as any long-term uh, damage or danger that they see for him. Obviously, football is a dangerous game, and uh, if he gets another one, we're going to have this conversation all over again, and it's not impossible to have another one. But, as McVeigh said, all likelihood points to him playing on Monday night, which is amazing, getting a weapon back. I mean, we saw Mike Thomas out there. We activated Nasimba Webster. Josh Reynolds was you know, becoming a primary target, which... It was nice to see him obviously take some of that roll on in the past two games, but it will be nice to get our speedster, Brandon Cooks. We saw Jared Goff finally getting protection and wanting to look to throw the ball deep. It'll be nice to have our deep ball threat guy back in Brandon Cooks. And then last update as far as the wide receivers go, no update on Robert Woods. And I'm starting to get a little curious here. I mean, I know we do our TMZ little segment occasionally on Friday and you know, Bear goes hitting the streets and finding some of the the drama going around the NFL or some of the news stories that are kind of interesting. But uh, this one's got me interested because the way McVay answered the questions today about him, and even if you listen to the beginning of the podcast yesterday and we heard Sean McVeigh breaking it down and he brought the team in, he said, hey, this one's for Robert. And you're thinking, hmm. And then today, the way he answered the question, he just sounded a little uncomfortable answer. Hey, you know what? Actually, I'll just play it. Here's him. It's a short clip. Here's what he said. It wasn't much, but you guys listen to the tone and and the way he talks about it, and we'll we'll talk about it on the other side. Here is Sean McVay talking about Robert Woods and availability for him.
3: There's there's no update. Um, you know, he's he's still handling um, that personal matter, and we'll probably have a little bit more of a you know an update on that later on in the week. Understanding, you can't say. Are you concerned for his well-being, or is that not an issue? No, we, we feel good. He's, he's in a good place. Uh, and We feel good about where the situation is at and, and um, you know, his well-being, and that's very, very important to us.
2: Again, that was Sean McVay talking about Robert Woods, his availability, how things have moved along in the, the past couple of days, but really not a lot there, right? Can't say much a personal matter. Uh, does sound like it's not a serious thing for his well-being, as the reporter asked in in that little clip. But, man, it has got my head scratched a little bit. And I don't know how much you guys follow, um, you know, a lot of the stuff going on in social media and different family members and... Basically, on Instagram, I go and I follow everybody that is Rams related, whether uh, you are a fan, whether you are a cheerleader, whether you're a reporter, whether you are a uh, player, player family member. If you are have a Rams jersey or tweeted anything or shared any picture about a Rams, I'm following you. Um, and his wife is one of the people that I follow. Uh, she is a constant poster 24-7. I instantly went to her page to figure out, well, maybe she's saying something about this dead quiet. Uh, which is shocking, and I'm, I'm curious because there has been, and I don't want to start the rumor mill here or anything like this, but I'm just wondering if this is a personal matter in that sense or if this is an outside family member. There has been talks and tweets uh, about a former player at USC that he played with that kind of had some suicidal thoughts on Twitter and things like that so that maybe he was connected with that, trying to help out a friend, Too many fill-in-the-blanks here to really try to get an answer. Uh, But it is curious. A couple hours before a Sunday night matchup versus the Bears, uh, and he decides that he cannot go. I don't know if he was in the Coliseum. They didn't really talk about that. Really curious to see how this develops. It's not a health issue. Uh, they seem to be supporting them. The Rams have always been great in these type of situations, always looking out for the player first. I mean, we are just talking about Brandon Cooks and the amount of time that he took off and going to see a specialist twice. So they are all about the player first, And I know I'm just being nosy here, as my girlfriend would say. I'm being a chismoso a little bit here. I'm trying to get the chisme, trying to understand what is going on, because I just want to know what's up with my man and if he can come back and if he's going to be all right to play some football. If he needs more time, that's great. But I don't know how much more time these Rams have we are going to need to move the football. The good thing is we are getting Brandon Cooks back Cooper Cup was sick last week, and on Friday didn't even practice. Uh, We could tell a little bit in his play. I think I said the other day he fumbled the ball twice. We didn't lose any of them. Uh, He had a couple mental mistakes as well, which we typically don't see from him. But he still balled out and got his own uh, when it came to going and catching the football. But it would be awesome if on Monday Night Football we got all three of our wide receivers back. We had an O-line that's been practicing for two weeks straight, which is hilarious to think that that's like bonus at this point, but it is. And a defense that's playing lights out, you may have a chance to come in in a home game, and we're going to talk to Locked On Ravens tomorrow. It's going to be a great conversation. I'm excited to hear what they have to say about all of their studs and how they are coming into this game, but I don't know how well the Ravens travel. I wouldn't put them up as a top 10 traveling fan base. I mean, I know we've seen in this building, we've seen Packers, the Bears, the Niners, all those big-name teams that travel well, that have fans everywhere. But do the Baltimore Ravens have a bunch of people? Or is this going to be even louder and crazier than that Sunday night game versus the Bears? Because the Rams fans still represented pretty well and did a great job on third down, getting loud and getting into this game. So uh, curious about that as well. It'd be awesome to have a fully equipped offense, as far as our offensive weapons, the defense that killing it, a crowd behind you, Monday night national audience. And as I mentioned, the Rams were 5-2 and two in primetime games during the regular season under Sean McVay and Jared Goff. That moves to 6-2 and two in primetime. Things are at least leaning our way as far as having some optimism of what that Monday night game could be like. But we are going to talk about that a little bit more. Coming up, we're going to talk about the Baltimore Ravens, what they're bringing to town, getting ready prepping for those guys as we mentioned earlier in the podcast turning the page getting ready for the next obstacle that is Lamar Jackson Locked on Rams Tuesday right after this
0: This is Vinny Iyer host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football edge of the day Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020 After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Charters Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyra Taylor and carries high TD upside.
2: Lockdown Rams Tuesday edition. Your boy Bear Motter breaking it down. Welcome back as we are in our third segment here on the Tuesday edition of Lockdown Rams. Your team every day, only on Lockdown Podcast Network. And we've talked a lot about, oh, we've gone back and forth, offense, defense, talked a little bit about both sides, but I do want to finish this with the defense, because we started with the defense with a quote from Eric Weddle, talking about how important this defense is going to be, and they understand that this is the mindset moving forward, that their defense is going to carry this team, and the offense is just really expected to kind of keep up and put some points up on the board along the way. Sean McVay was asked a really good question about that in the press conference today, and really kind of... The question was, with how well your defense is playing, does it make you change your mind offensively when you're play calling? Do you get a little bit safer near the end of the game knowing like, hey, if we got this game in hand, punt it away, let our defense kind of wrap this up. Here's what he had to say about the defense and the offense working together and how they anticipate the game plan moving forward.
3: Yeah, it certainly does. And and really because that's the at the end of the day the goal is to win the football game. And regardless of how you end up doing it, you know, a a win is a win. Now, certainly that doesn't mean you don't want to be efficient and operate with us with, you know, consistency offensively, but I think it does enable you to feel like I don't I don't necessarily know if conservative is the word, but you want to play a smart complementary game. And and I think yesterday indicated our ability to approach the game like that. Uh, but there are still some instances where, as a whole, you know, as good as the defense played, there are some things we talked about that we expect them to do at a really high level. Same thing with the offense and the special teams. And, and like anything else, we expect to get better from this. And I think it's always easier to be able to to teach and, and have guys learn from it uh, when you do get the result that you want. But we do want to continue to focus on that process.
2: That was Sean McVay talking about how he is going to call the game offensively in certain situations and he said, I wouldn't call it conservative. Instead, going with a smart, complimentary game. Eh, well, okay. That's very Sean McVayism, right? Take a very simple, straightforward term and make it sound a lot cooler. It's not conservative. It's a smart, complimentary game. I'm good with it. Uh, as long as we see <laughs> them still taking his shots, right? We want to see Jared Goff throw the football down the field. We also want to see Todd Gurley tote the rock. And I think that's the nice thing is with that game plan, having Todd Gurley carry the ball ends up playing more into uh, helping the defense out, controlling the clock a little bit more, keeping the defense off the field, letting them rest. So when they come out, they are all jacked up, ready to go and shut it down. And speaking of shutting it down, we've been giving Troy Hill a lot of props here lately. He's played Really, really well since the addition of Jalen Ramsey and he's been put under the spotlight. Sean McVay was also asked about that and what he thought about Troy Hill, knowing that he is going to see a lot more action with Jalen Ramsey on the other side and what he's thought about how he's performed so far. Yeah,
3: I think in some instances, if that's what a team wants to do, you know, you, you typically say, all right, you might see a little bit more work. But I think Troy has done a great job continuing to improve. Coach Pleasant does an outstanding job with those guys as a whole, helping really to, you know, fine-tune the fundamentals, the techniques. Troy's always had the skill set in terms of, you know, his lateral agilities, his just body control, overall speed. And I think you're seeing him play at a really high level. I mean, he ends up having a pick yesterday. He gets a sack on the one that gets flushed out on the on the sideline. He's making tackles. I think he's playing really good football right now. And really, I thought our secondary as a whole did a great job last night. I mean, to minimize, you know, where you talk about the most uh, biggest gain they had was on a 19-yard gain where we ended up dropping a coverage responsibility and a man pressure we had. I think that's a real credit to those guys. And I thought it was a real positive to see David Long play his first extensive action. 15 snaps did a, did a great job. And, and – uh, you know that's a reflection of those guys on the back end with with coach e and and coach aubrey doing a great job coaching those guys up
2: sean McVay talks about body control agility speed all those things that troy hill has really exhibited here and really kind of taking ownership in this uh more man-to-man wade phillips kind of putting them out there on the other side and really stepping up i you know i'm really curious What the practice is looking like from week to week as far as working with Jalen Ramsey and even kind of picking up a few things from him. And just when you work with elite guys like that, and I'm not saying Marcus Peters isn't an elite guy, uh, but now you are expected to get in there and take the reps. At the time, it was Tlaib and Peters and uh, Troy Hill was just trying to get his reps when he could. But right now, those are his reps every single week in practice. even talked at the end of that clip, I'm pretty sure, about David Long Jr. finally getting into the game and getting about 15 snaps and doing really well. Uh, That's another exciting thing for the Rams if you're thinking future of the secondary and how that is going to come along in really depth there. If we are looking at Troy Hill being that other guy for a long time or a few more years out there developing David Long And hopefully seeing him continue to develop because coming out of Michigan, I was really excited. him. If you know me, obviously a Michigan supporter. But uh, one of those cornerbacks, it was a really deep draft this year. And he was one of the cornerbacks I was really excited about. So uh, hopefully with opportunity, he will continue to shine. But this defense, man, as we started out this episode and we will finish here with the defense, is going to be so important for us moving forward. We have got the boys from Locked On Ravens with us tomorrow. We are going to chat about all things... Monday Night Football. If you guys got any questions, you want me to get in, or you want to hear a little bit more about fill-in-the-blank for the Ravens, let me know. Hit me up. Hit me up on Twitter, LA underscore Rambling Bear, or Lockdown Rams as well as Facebook, Instagram. Shoot me a DM, however you want to get a question in. Let me know. I will try to do my best to work it into the episode. Monday Night Under the Lights, baby. It's going to be a good one. So, with that said, Rams Nation, we'll be back tomorrow with a crossover. We got Jake Ellen Bogan on Thursday, Serena Morales on Friday. Bunch of great content still to come. But you know what it is. Until next time. Peace.